You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. I can't wait to open up God's Word to you this morning, and I believe you're not here on accident. Can you guys do me a favor and help me welcome everyone joining us online right now? We got family from all over the place. We love you guys. We're glad you're here with us. And as we get into God's Word, I want you, I want you to understand we're a church. One of our cultural points, we're a church that, that leans in, all right? Tell your neighbor, say, lean in, lean in. Tell them, lean in, lean in, lean in. So what I mean by that is like, you're gonna get out of this as much as you put into this. If the preaching is bad, it's not all my fault. What you need is lean in. Jesus uh, uh, had this woman, the woman with the issue of, of blood. It says that she pressed through crowds of people to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. She kept saying, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. And she pressed in with anticipation. And as she did, when she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? And all the disciples are like, everybody's touching you, Jesus. They're all like, what do you mean? Because none of something different. Something's different about the way I was just touched. What it was is that woman had faith in her heart, anticipation in her heart. And so Whenever we open up God's word as we're doing today, I want to ask that you would come at God's word with some anticipation in your heart. God desires to speak to you right now. Would you let him, would you let him just speak to your heart today? Come, let's pray together. God, as we get into your word right now, we want to thank you that your word is powerful. God, we hold your word above our opinion. God, you're what you say above what we say. And God, today, we want to hear from you. So speak to us, God, show us. Show us your heart. Help us to understand what it is you have for our life. God, I pray that those who find themselves in here today lost would be found. The broken would be healed, God. Those who have come in hopeless, God, would you give them hope? Those who have their heads hung low, would you lift their head? And we commit all this to you and we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone agreed together and said a good hearty. Come on, amen and amen. Well, what I want to do to kind of inaugurate our time in our new space is spend the next four weeks helping you catch a vision for your life. Well, here's what I really want to do is I want to help you catch God's vision for your life. How many, how many of you got some plans for your life? Like you got some plans, you got some vision. What, what I need you to understand is God always, has, God always has a bigger plan than your plan. God always has more vision than your vision. And what we want to do as a church and what I desire to do as your pastor, like the, the greatest gift I can give you, the greatest thing I can do is help to lead you into everything God has for you. I just want to help you take steps into what he sees uh, for, for your life. And so what we're going to do is spend the next four weeks together looking at a series that we've entitled I-K-D-N-Y-K. If you don't know, now you know, Okay. And what it means is, um, what we're trying to reveal to you is like, if you don't know what God has, now you know. We're going to talk about it. If you don't know what step you need to take next, now you know because we're going to talk about it. it. Like God wants to move you over there. He's got, you hear me say every morning, God's got more for you. But how do you move into the more? You got, you got, to, you got to take these steps. And so what we're going to do on this journey over the next four weeks is, if you let me be your tour guide, I'm going to help you discover where you are. And then what's the next step that God wants you to take? Where am I? Where does he want to take me? And what we want to do as a church is come around you and help you take those steps into the more that God has for your life. 
Then we got Father's Day coming up after that. Father's Day is happening right after our summer blast. So we're going to, man, come on, we're going to have about a thousand kids or more at summer blast. And then everyone's going to come here. We're going to celebrate on Father's Day, have a Father's Day message. And right after that, I'm actually looking at getting us into the book of Revelation for a little bit and looking at the seven churches there in Revelation throughout the summer. So we'll have a lot of fun digging into God's word then. But for today, Exodus chapter six, verses five and seven, if you have your Bibles, Exodus six, five and seven. And here's what it says in the book of Exodus chapter six. God is speaking to the children of Israel who are not living in everything God has for them. They're stuck in slavery. And God speaks to them in the middle of their slavery. And here's what he says. He says, I've heard the groanings of the children of Israel whom the Egyptians kept in bondage. And I remembered my covenant with them. Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I, I will bring, now watch God's promises. I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. These are called the four I wills of God. The, the Jews celebrate these um, as the four promises of God spoken over them. The first one is he says, I will bring you out from the burden of the Egyptians. And then he says, I'm going to rescue you from their bondage. We'll talk about that next week. Then he says, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm, that next part, and with a great judgments. And I will take you as my people. I will be your God. Four big promises that God gives to every single person were first given to the children of Israel. The desire of God for the children of Israel is also the same desire that God has for the children of God, the people who are sitting in, in here today. God desires these four things for your life. And what we've done is actually built our church on helping you take these steps, live in these promises that God has for your life. And what I love about it is that it's not a guessing game. Like, you don't have to wonder, well, what does God want for my life? Isn't it funny, like, we talk about, what's the, what's the greatest desire a Christian should have, right? I mean, a Christian, what kind of differentiates somebody's like, you want God's will for your life. Anybody? Like, I want God's will for my life. I want, okay, come on. Four, four people. Tatum, I'm glad you're in that. We want God's will for our life, right? Amen. Give me an amen. Amen? Amen. So, I want God's will for my life, okay? Now, God wants his will for your life. That makes sense? Now, God wants his will for your life. You want God's will for your life. And I think it's so funny that one of the biggest things we worry about as Christians and we stress about as Christians, like, what's God's will for my life? Like you would think that if, if God wants you to know his will and you want to know his will, then it shouldn't be so complex. It shouldn't be so, what's God's will for my life? And I, I want you to help, I want to help you understand it. It is actually, it really actually isn't all that complex. I'm going to help you see over these next four weeks what God's will is for your life. It's very clear. God's laid it out over and over again in Scripture through what's called the promises of God. God says, here's what I've got for you. Here's what I'm promising to you. Here's what I want to do in you. Here's what I want to lead you to, the promises of, of, of God. And I think it's important, first off, before I get into what they are, these four are, I think it's important that you understand that God actually has some promises for your life. Like there is some territory that he wants to lead you into. It's important for you to understand that because I think there's a whole lot of people out there today that paint all sorts of crazy pictures as to who God is. 
They paint pictures that like, like God, some of you have grown up thinking that God is like up in heaven and he's just mad at you all the time, right? Come on, some of you, come on. You grew up thinking, God is mad at me all the time. It's just, I'm always in trouble. And so what I have to do is I, I show up to church every now and then, I get my whooping, you know, I'll come into church because I'm getting all mad at me, get me, put me back straight. And then I'm gonna go walk out there again and hope that God in heaven, who's holding lightning bolts, by the way, he for sure is. Like, that's God. He's angry. He's got lightning bolts. And he follows me around the rest of the week when I leave church. And he's waiting. He's waiting. Don't you dare. Don't you, don't you. And some of you walk around thinking. And no wonder some of you have been running from God your whole life. Because you just think he's mad at you. You picture him up in heaven with a wooden spoon. And if he could catch you, you're going to get it. Right? But what I want you to hear, Listen. There are over 3,500 promises in God's word for every single one of you. What does that tell you about the heart of God? It tells you that you have a God who loves you, who speaks life over you, who speaks promise over you, a God who, who speaks hope over you, a God who, come on, he, he, just wants to, he just wants to help you. So I don't know where this picture came from. I think it's a, the enemy's ploy to try to get you to think that God's in heaven mad at you so you spend your life running. No, God, the only thing God wants you running toward is him. Why? Because he's just so good. And he's just got so many promises. Why wouldn't you run to him? Some of you think that God's in heaven and he's just, he's just kind of disinterested in you. He's distant and he's, you just kind of flung the universe into existence and then he's off doing something else. Who knows what he's doing, but he's doing something else. He's not paying attention to my life. No, 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 no. You got a God who's given you over 3,500 promises. In other words, he's very focused on your life. He's very involved in the details. He, he sees everything you're moving through. He, he, he sees the pressures. He sees the toy. He, he sees it all. And what he does in every circumstance, he just speaks over you. He, he longs for you to experience everything that he actually desires you to do. So whatever you've thought about God in the past, what I need you to understand is that you've got a God, you heard me this morning, who actually loves you so much. A God who's spoken promise over you. A God who wants more for you than you actually want for yourself. That's the God we serve. Amen, church? Come on, anyone grateful that God's just made so good? It's a God of hope and promise and life. This isn't just a book of rules and regulations. It's a book of promises, hope. And I need you to understand that today. There's promise for anyone who's just willing to go on the journey. Someone say, it's a journey. It's a journey. It's like, we got to walk. God's just saying, I want to invite you on a journey. Of what? Just walking into some promises. Going from where you are and on into some more that could be. And what you'll see all over scripture is that of the 3,500 promises that God gives us in scripture, there's, there's four promises that we're going to cover over the next four weeks. They're, they're the, I call them the four core. Someone say four core. There's four core promises, meaning there are four things that God wants to do in every single person's life. There's this, there's this journey that God wants to take you on that involves four very specific parts. We first see them worked out in the children of Israel, and now they are being worked out in every single one of our lives. And what we're doing over the next four weeks is just going, hey, here's step one in God's big, great plan for your life. And if you haven't taken that step yet, you need to take that step because you can't get to step three unless you've taken step one. Some of you want to be at three, but you can't get to three. You got to do one. And when you do one, then you can do two and two, you do three. Come on, you get it. So what I want you to do is go, go, where am I? What step do I need to take? 
And that's what we're doing over the next four weeks. So I'm gonna ask you, lean in, keep coming back. I know there's all sorts of great things to do in Southern California. And some of us, you know, the Barna Group says that we show up to church once every six weeks right now. And come on, let's just prove Barna wrong, all right? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna lean in and just keep taking steps over these next four weeks. So what is this first step, this first I will promise of God? Did you notice it? Let's look back at it. Exodus chapter six, verses five and six. He says, and I therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. And notice this, I will bring you out from under the bondage or the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. God says, first thing I want to do. You ready? First thing that God wants to do in every single person's life, the first thing that God is after in your life, he just wants to set you free. First, first and foremost, like understand this, everybody listen, before God wants you reading your Bible more, before God wants you praying more, before God wants you giving more, before God wants you being nice to people, that was for somebody. I know you felt that. Like, I, I got I to gotta be nice to some people, right? And that's all true. America, yeah, I mean, we need a reader. But we need, all of it's so true. Pastor, I got to show up to church more. True. You better. Come on, let's go. But before all of that, the very first thing that God wants to do is just set you free. He wants, to, he, wants to, he wants you to live life, and he calls it life abundant. He wants to get you out of what you've been stuck in and move you into some freedom. This is just what God wants to do, first and foremost, in every single person's life. He's roaming the world going, where's, where's the broken, hurting people trapped in the bondage of sin? Could I just set you free? Could we, could we just stop wasting time under the things that are so burdensome? Would you let me do for you what I did for the children of Israel? Come on. Let me lead you into some new territory. Let me lead you into some freedom. Come on, let me lead you out of oppression. Let me lead you out of slavery. Let me lead you out of all the things that have been holding you down. Let me lead you out of all the things that have been keeping you up at night. Let me just lead you into a life that you've been created to live. And friends, that's the very first thing that God wants to do in every single one of our lives. When the Jews first got to Egypt. So a famine forced them there and uh, the original Pharaoh was very good to them. The very original Pharaoh like, helped them develop some, their own territory, their own land. They had, they had houses, built pools, everything else. Like, life was good, right? And you fast forward a little bit and the children of Israel are multiplying so fast. There's, there's now millions children of, of, of Jews and an evil Pharaoh comes in and that evil Pharaoh began to place oppression on the children of Israel. He was afraid of them taking over. And so he, he began to enslave them, okay? He began to oppress them, hold them back, trying to keep them from living in the potential that was in them. And what's interesting is when you pay attention to what the Pharaoh did to the children of Israel, you'll find that that same spirit, that same enemy exists even today. That what the Pharaoh was doing to them is what the enemy still does to every single one of us today. So I wanna, I wanna look in the time that we have left at what the Pharaoh did to the children of Israel. Because here's my hope, 
is that if you find yourself living in this place, if you find yourself experiencing this spirit of, of oppression on you, then friends, you're a candidate today to be set free. You're, you're a candidate today to, to move into some more things that, that God actually has for your life. And so what are the things that, that the Pharaoh decreed? What are the things that are still active and alive today that are oppressing people? What is the enemy using? Well, one of the things that this evil Pharaoh decreed to the children of Israel is that he decreed that they would become slaves who would make bricks in the mud pits, okay? He, he made them, listen, he made them slaves and their job was just, you just make bricks in the mud pits. He made them slaves. And that spirit still rests on people today. Like, it feels like this, listen. A slave is somebody who lives under oppression. They, they feel, watch, and maybe some of you identify with this because the enemy still does this today. You feel held down. You feel held captive. Like, a slave is anyone who's submitted to a dominating influence. A dominate, look at, come on, you got some dominating influences in your life that just keep holding you back. So today, it could be anything. Like you can find yourself dominated and held down by anything from, from habits that you've told yourself a hundred times that you were gonna get past. You told yourself, I'm never doing that again. And then you're like, I'm never doing that again, again. And then if you just find yourself like these, these things, you know, like I shouldn't be turning there when, I, when I'm here, but I always do. And, and I just feel, well, I feel enslaved. I'm not enslaved, well, quit. I can't. Well, you're enslaved. I said you're enslaved. So I said, <laughs> you're stuck. That's what it feels like, you know? And I think there's some of you come in here today and you feel this. Like maybe you've even tried to escape it time and time again. But no matter what, it seems like you keep finding yourself here. You've told yourself, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna go down that road again. And yet here you are. How'd I get in this cul-de-sac again? I knew this was a dead end road. And so maybe you feel like that today. Maybe you're in that place today. You feel trapped, you feel stuck, you feel like this isn't the way it's supposed to be. But here's where the enemy lies to you is he looks at you and he says, and you hear this whisper in your head, you're always gonna be there. This is just the way it is. Matter of fact, your whole family is all struggled with this and, and it's just, it's in your blood. This is just who you are. And so you tell yourself every day, oh, this is the way I am. It's just the way it is. It's just, I guess it's just the way it's always gonna be. I guess I'll never break that addiction. I guess I'll never be set free. I guess I'll always, I'll always give into this hot temper that I have and just, just rip into people. I guess I'll just always, I guess I'll always turn to that addiction. I, I guess I'm always gonna like find myself in this spot over and over again. And what is happening is the enemy's gonna try to push you into this place where you just succumb to, I guess this is just my life. Friends, when you find yourself like that, I need you to understand that, that you're, you're a candidate for this first promise of God. You're like the children of Israel. You're, you're making bricks and mud pits. Is going, there's gotta be more, but I don't think there's any more because they're telling me that this is all there is. I'm showing up from outside going, hey, that's not all there is. Jesus shows up and says, the very first thing I wanna do is set you free from the oppression, set you free from making bricks and mud pits. Sets you free from going back to that over and over and over and over again. You've told yourself you're too far gone. 
Things run too deep. God says, do you think again? Because I speak promise over you. John chapter 8, verses 34 to 36 say this. Jesus replies, he says, Very, verily, verily, I tell you, that everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. Jesus speaking of himself. Jesus, I'm in the family, so here's what I get to do for you. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus says, listen, you will never really experience true freedom until you let me set you free. Oh, stop running to that and this to set you free. You think that's gonna, and you spend your whole life going, come on, I gotta find some freedom. But nothing's setting you free. Why? Because only Jesus holds the keys to your freedom. And his promise to you is, I'll set you free if you let me. I'll set you free if you let me. The Pharaoh forced them as slaves to make bricks. And some of you, come on, you find yourself in that spot. Now I'm just finding myself here, forced. You feel like over and over again. I want you to see the second thing the Pharaoh did, because this, this spirit still exists in our world today, is that he, he took their baby boys from them. You remember this? Like, they were multiplying so fast that the Pharaoh gave a decree that every first, all, the, all the male children born to the Jews would be drowned in the Nile River. Story of Moses and all the rest, right? Well, think about this. Like, what was the Pharaoh trying to do? What, what is the heart behind that? What's the, the thinking behind that? Here's what he's trying to do. Listen, he was trying to destroy their future. Do you hear me? He was seeking to rob them of their potential. He saw potential. He saw the, the life and the vitality and the growth. And the Pharaoh came in like the enemy does today and does all he can to, watch, stop it to hold them back from everything that is actually inside of them. And the enemy is still doing that today. And some of you know it deep down inside. You know that there's potential for your life. You know that there's more for your life. You, you know that there's, there's gotta be more. But you feel cut off from what could be. Is this making sense, everybody? You with me? So today, here's what it feels like. You feel like your future just always has this big question mark over it. Like there's just never, you can't have any confidence and you find yourself wandering all the time. Now look at, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you give your life to Jesus and, and life gets all perfect and life gets all, and you, every day is another day of, of, of bliss. But here's what I know is that when you're walking with Jesus, when you've been set free, you feel anchored. Like I know that no matter what this world throws at me, I'm anchored. Come hell or high water, I'm anchored. I have a future and I have a hope. You throw at me what the worst thing that this world can throw at me. What's the worst thing this world can throw at somebody? You know what it is? Death. Death. The, the biggest fear of man, the biggest enemy of man is death. Well, guess who beat death? Jesus buried death, amen? And so, come on church, amen? Like, so even when I'm facing, facing death, I'm anchored. I, I, I've sat with, with dear saints who, who are passing from this place and on into the better place, and they're just resilient and peace, and, and I've seen the difference. I've been at the deathbed of those who love Jesus, and I've been at the deathbed of those who don't. And I'm telling you, there's a distinct difference between the person who's anchored in their future and hope 
and those who are just constantly living with a big question mark over everything. And if you find yourself in here today living with this really big question mark over everything, I'm telling you today, you are a candidate for this very first promise that God gave to the children of Israel that he now gives to you. Listen, he just wants to set you free from this oppression of always wondering and always doubting and always, come on, God just wants to help set you free. So it feels like when you're in this place, you ask yourself things like this, like, why am I even here? What's it all about? You feel like you have no purpose. You feel like you have, like there's, there's, there's no meaning. And, and sure, here's what you do. You're really good at putting on a, on a smile. And you're really good at polishing the outward veneer. But inside there's just torment and there's worry and there's wonder. And you're, and you're just living in this place where you feel so empty. You know you have potential. You know there's more to your story. But all you do is keep wandering. Friends, listen, your future doesn't have to be a big question mark. You don't have to just keep wandering through life. There is purpose for your life. Ephesians says that you were created on purpose and for a purpose. That you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God prepared beforehand. I'm telling you, God created you on purpose and for a purpose. He says that you are my workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do the good works that God prepared beforehand that you would, here's your job, walk in them. And some of you have never learned to walk in them because the enemy keeps whispering to you that they don't even exist. And you're stuck. Think about Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, right? It says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to, say, say this next word, plans to prosper you. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. What does God want to do? He wants to give you a future and a hope. He wants to prosper you. Now, some of you, I know, you're around citizens for the first time. It's like, is this one of them prosperity churches? Where are we going? What is this all about? What do you mean prosper? I felt even comfortable. I didn't feel comfortable saying prosper. I felt, like, listen, let me help you really quick. The word prosper there, it's not just talking about, not talking about Mercedes and mansions, all right? Come on, everybody. Here's what he's talking about. What he wants to do is just move you forward. That everything in your life can just keep moving forward. It just, he says, my plan is to move you forward. Hey, you know you can move forward in your marriage? You know things can keep getting better in your marriage? No, it can't. I've been married 25 years, and I'm telling you, by God's grace, it just keeps getting better. Like God's on. I'm telling you. Like people go, oh, you're just in honeymoon stage. And I'll say, well, it's been a really long 25-year honeymoon stage. God, listen, have we had hard things? Have we moved? Absolutely. But over it all, because we're submitted to God, or what? it just keeps getting better. Like God just keeps moving me forward. My marriage keeps getting better. My relationship with kids just keep getting better. Like God, if you let him, he'll just move your life in this place where things keep getting better. Now again, I'm not just saying it's all perfect, but there's just this overarching sense over my whole life. Man, God, you've been so good to me. You've been so, I, you've given me more than I could ever deserve. You have truly prospered me. You've prospered me. Like I'm telling you, friends, that, can I just chat straight with you for a second? Like, I don't deserve anything that God has given me. But God in his grace has prospered me. I'm standing on the stage today with my amazing wife. I got kids that love Jesus. We're in this building. And, like God, I'm, not, and I'm not sitting here going, well, like, look what I pulled off. You know, I'm just doing really good over here. 
I just don't go, God, what you say is true. If we're willing to walk with you, you just, you bless your kids. And I love living in that. And here's what I need you to understand. If you feel stuck and you feel like there's a question mark over your future and you just don't know and you feel held down, come on, would you just let God set you free to move you forward? He just wants to move you forward. So some of you, come on, where do you resonate? Do you resonate with anything? Are you, are you a candidate for this first promise? If you come in here and you feel enslaved, like you're just stuck going to the same thing over and over again, you can't get out of it, making bricks down at the mud pit. I try to get away and I can't get away. Or maybe you look up and I don't even have a future. I don't even know what it looks like. Is there a purpose? Is there meaning? Is That's exactly what the Pharaoh was doing to the children of Israel. And let me, let me give you the last one. I'm gonna say it, then I'm gonna explain it because when I say it, you're gonna be like, what? Here's the last thing he decreed. He decreed that they would have to go and get their own straw. Now, when they originally started making bricks, they would have all the material they needed for the bricks brought to them, the children of Israel. But then the Pharaoh got so angry and frustrated with them that he actually decreed that they would now have to get their own supplies. And here's what that did. It took what was a 12 hour day and made it almost feel endless. They had to work more than they ever were. And if Dustin, come up and help me close. And so now they went to this place where they just couldn't, listen, come on, lean in. They just couldn't find rest. They, there was just never a break. They were going and going and it's constant, it's constant. And I'm telling you, some of you come in here today and you feel like you just can't rest. You feel like I just can't catch my breath. You're exhausted. You're mentally exhausted. You're, you're, you're emotionally exhausted. You're just, phys- you're just exhausted. You know that the enemies at play in your life when you find yourself just constantly exhausted. You're on vacation and you're just exhausted. Come on, I know I'm talking to some of us. And you think maybe a longer vacation, maybe up friends. The frustration you feel in your soul and the unease and the angst you feel in your soul isn't because you need to be sitting on better beaches. It's because you need to let your good God sit with you wherever you go. You need to step into relationship with him. You see, you might not know how to explain it. You can't quite put your finger on it. But you are longing for rest. And here's what Jesus says to every single one of us. Matthew 28. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Listen to Jesus. Come on, please listen to this today. This is him to you, all right? He just says, come to me. Come on. Come to me. Who? Who? All of you who are weary and burdened. Every one of you that feels beat up and burnt out. Come to me. Well, I thought you were mad at me. I thought you were... I thought, Come to me. Why? Because I'm going to give you rest. And only Jesus can promise that, friends. So I wonder today if you identify with this oppression that 
these guys were in. Because if you do, I'm telling you, I mean, we're going to get to step three, and we're going to get step four and two and all of that, but, and I'm telling you, it just keeps getting better. You're going to be like, oh my goodness. You keep, God wants to do that in my life. God, and it's incredible. You got to come back here. But I can't even begin to talk to you about all the other things God wants to do in your life until you let him just do the first thing he wants to do in your life. He just wants to set you free. He just wants to bless you and love you and forgive you and cleanse you and walk. He just, would you let him? So, the first thing God wants to do is free you and give you life. Then what's my job? What, what, what do I do? What am I supposed to do? Like, if I'm stuck, how do I get out? A good question. Okay, that's all true. What do I do? <laughs> Let me tell you. First thing is this. You ready? You're not going to like this. But you got to admit you need some help. The very first thing you got, you guys got to admit you've been stuck. You got to admit you've been enslaved. You got to admit that there's oppression. You got to admit, you just got to admit it. And come on, I know I said you, you're not going to like it because we don't always like to admit everything, do we? Do we? Do we? We don't. I mean, I remember I went upstairs uh, to find my daughter, Raya, with makeup as a little girl all over her face. This wasn't like last week. This was a little girl. And it's makeup all over her face like this. Oh, it's all over the place. And I, and I, said, I said, Raya, did you get into mommy's makeup? There's red makeup everywhere. And she had the audacity to look at me and say, nope. And I said, well, baby, what's all over your face? And she go, it's spaghetti. Now, girl, it's obviously not spaghetti. And here's what she did. She turned around. This is some of you right now. Look at me. This is like, hey, we're in church. Hey, does you kind of feel like this? It's not that. It's spaghetti. That's not that. Has nothing to do with what you're talking about. And you turn around and you do this. Okay, now watch. What do you think her face looked like when she turned back around? I tell you one thing. It was worse than it was the first time. And some of you, come on, look at me. You just keep making it worse because you're just not willing to admit, yeah, I kind of blew it. Yeah, I'm kind of stuck. Yeah, and look, she just admit it. We'll get you all cleaned up. We'll get you cleaned up. You keep trying that on your own. And it's, that stuff goes everywhere. And some of you, come on, you just keep making it worse. You need to admit it. Come on, Siri can get me anywhere I need to go. Isn't that cool? And if Siri can do that, don't you think God can do that? Like, but here's how it works. I go, I go, hey, Siri, how do I get to Laguna Beach? And she goes, blink. Some of your phone's going to go off right now. And she gives me directions, right? But I call it owning the blue dot. If I'm going to get there, I got to admit I'm here. If I don't admit I'm here, I'm never going to get there. If Siri goes, here's where you are. And you're like, that's not where I am. You just be lost your whole life. But if you go, okay, here's where I am. I admit it. Gus says, all right, come on. So you need to admit it. The second thing that we need to do is like, is repent. What's repent mean? Is turn around. You are, you are walking away from God and toward whatever it is you've been trying to find life in. And today you're going to say, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I'm going I'm to stop. I'm going to stop running toward those things and I'm going to turn to God. I'm going to stop turning to all. I'm, it just means turn around. Just stop going. Look, you've never found life in any of those things. Why do you keep going back to all those things? Because I don't know where else to go. Turn around. Your God is hot on your tail. He's been haunting you down in his love. And all you need to do is you just turn to him and you will find that he's ready to meet you and forgive you and wash you and cleanse you and heal you and save you. Come on. He wants to just give you life. 
admit, and then just turn around. And the last thing, you, re- you just receive. So you thought I was going to say, get to work. No, no, you just receive. Receive him as your Lord, as your Savior. Receive him as the good God he actually is. Step into a relationship with him. Start walking with him. Receive his mercy. Receive his grace. Receive, come on, just receive all that he's been wanting to give you your whole life. There's four amazing promises God has for you. And the first one starts with being set free. And some of you need that today. Come on, look at me. Don't leave here under the oppression you came in here with. Leave here free. Because if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Gotta, gotta keep on.